Welcome to the Sharon Kleiner Hour. Thank you so much for joining me today. We've had a lot of listeners wondering uh, why we chose the power of water to be the theme of our show each week. Each week you and I will discover why I chose the power of water and the reason it is so important for your everyday health. I want you to have a new self-examination with all of the programs we're going to be presenting to you for the health of your eyes, your vision, your skin, the health of your skin, your mind, and your body. You will learn each week some definition, and as we're talking through the show with different guests, I want you to learn to think and define what dehydration means, loss of water, removal of water from the body. Dehydration during the show is a symptom that causes many of the diseases and symptoms that you have with many of the complaints that are very uncomfortable to you that you've never understood. We're going to explain hydration means always replacing the lost moisture to the body. You're going to learn each week that our world is in a global warming and that crisis of your health means that you're going to learn how to live with the earth during the global warming with the evaporation of vapor every day, not absorbing into the earth, evaporating into the air and causing a carbon dioxide. We're going to have a lot of fun, and we'll take one moment right now, and let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, and I will be right back and uh, give you further information about what the power of water means in your everyday life. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Among many of the subjects we will examine in Earth's ecosystem each week, is the greenhouse crisis, global warming and evaporation of water, and what is causing dry air. Now, you're going to be learning more about where I came from with my research is the indoor conditions of forced air heating and cooling, insulated windows and walls, the chemistry in your fabrics and paints and sheets and detergents and even the soap you choose to bathe or shower with. You're going to learn that the human body is made up of trillions of cells, each of which is 60 to 70% water. Water, of course, is the foundation of all life on Earth. We know that, but we have taken it for granted. To maintain your health and your family every day, it is critical for you to understand the role of water or moisture, replacing lost moisture, drinking 8 to 10 glasses of water. 
you're going to learn that your symptoms to live here with what is happening with this greenhouse effect, the carbon dioxide that you're learning about that's in the air because of the water vaporizing too quickly around the earth, you're going to learn certain little, I'll call them secrets, choices that you can make. And I will emphasize the greatest choice you have every day is the freedom of your mind. No one can take away that freedom of mind and choice. Last week we had on as a guest Dr. Dennis Buckley, who is a chiropractor. He chose to become a chiropractor for human concerns. And in that show we talked about how important it is to rest during the day and sleep at night. Uh, He emphasized, yes, drinking water, and he emphasized your nutrition with rest is so important to relax, release that stress. When you're releasing stress and you're learning to relax, you're going to slow down the dehydration. One of the other weeks we had Maya Delina, who lives in Hawaii, and she used to be with Hewlett-Packard, and she gave up her executive job to become a wellness trainer because she could see the importance of concerns of what is happening with stress in our workforce, our occupational health every day. She even went into owning her own wellness centers because of her concern. You need to understand the moment you left your mother's water bag and you entered into the air you breathe, that day you begin to dehydrate, lose moisture from that moment on. And from that moment on, your choices, where you live, your lifestyle, is your dehydration process as an individual. So each week, the show, The Power of Water, and what is happening on our earth and the beauty and the miracles of all that is here for you to live and enjoy, be healthy, have choices, we're going to offer you some of those choices with the special guests we have. Today we have, I'm excited, Marge Winger. Marge chose 40, over 40 years ago to be an optician. And can you imagine four years ago being an optician way ahead of, the, of where we're at today with optometrists, ophthalmologists, refractive eye surgeons, optician stores? Marge uh, has been an optician for 44 years. She has been practicing uh, as an optician for many years in Southern Oregon. She's a member of the uh, American Board of Opticians, and I'd like to introduce you to Marge Winger. Are you there, Marge? Yes. Good morning, Sharon. How are you I'm this here. morning? Oh, I'm just great, yes, and, and excited to uh, be on your show. Well, thank you, and we're excited, too. Uh, I was just telling our listeners that the show is education, and uh, we want the individuals to hear, I want them to hear why you chose to get in to become an optician. And I, in the back of my mind, Marge, when I found out you'd been an optician for over 40 years, that had to be a pioneer into being an optician that far back. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? You're right, Sharon. I can remember this gentleman coming into one of the offices that I was in, and I had already been an optician for probably for 10 years by that time. And he said, oh, a woman. He said, you just must be, you know, one of those. And I said, actually, I, I chose this because 
It was fascinating, and uh, I, I needed some way to make a living. No, there was no other no other reason. It was so funny to see the reaction from for some of us ladies who had actually started into the world of opticianry that had only been held by men. In those days, 40 years ago, what was the role of the optician in the doctor's office? Well, it was uh, very much as it is now. I think that, that when you, you I think our listeners as an optician, might... that you, mm-hmm. you, you know that one of the basic things is to take the prescription from, that the doctor has given to the patient, mm-hmm. and you're to see that that has been ground and fashioned successfully into eyewear that that they wear, and thus for you know we check it each and every time that it comes from a lab to see that it is correct and it, it is fitting correctly in front of the eye for the patient to see successfully. So, Marge, let's, I'll go back. So the optician's uh, technology and the role of the technician for the medical field is they will send you the prescription and you are highly trained to really understand that prescription. Yes, Sharon. We, um, In fact, some of us have had the good fortune to be in the refraction classes and I would say that was that's something that every optician should uh, should try to do. And to continue their education throughout the years, you must understand why the doctor has prescribed the prescription that they have for this patient in order to help them successfully and, and know what what they are expected to do with this prescription. Now, 40 years ago, was that training as extensive as it is today? No, it really wasn't, Sharon. I, I came from this little town in Scottsville, Kentucky, and at uh, one point in my life I... I was uh, wondering now which profession will I uh, truly get an education in because I, I I really liked the computers you know and in those days they were as big as the room that you know the machines were huge in comparison to our small models of today and then I always kind of wanted to teach school you know I and then I had this opportunity to work some in. Um, Opticianry, because I had a, a good friend. He and his wife were in; uh, they were optometrists, or uh, Charlie was. And so I had this um, finding. And after taking several weeks to to decide which of these uh, trails to go, I decided on opticianry because I liked helping people, but also I found it very fascinating because you had some. Uh, fashion with that too, with all the, the new eyewear that was beginning, just beginning to come out. Marge, I want. To, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, when uh, I got into the research of eyes and got into the field of uh, of opticians, optometrists, optom- ophthalmologists, and the refractive eye surgeons, I was so surprised at how fashion conscious that field is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the designers are in it. The cosmetic companies are in it. Many of the fashion fields and, let's say, glamour are in oh, yes. the fashion eyewear. Explain oh, yes. that. Very much so. And and through the years, Sharon, you can't believe how we have seen children grow in in the uh, idea of, oh, 
I I would like to have a pair of glasses rather than cry when you when they were brought in by their mothers to be fit for a pair of glasses that they had to wear a pair you know glasses. They, it was just not one a that thing they at all. felt so good in. Oh, and look so good. Last, look good. About the last right, the last ten or fifteen years, they have really come forth uh, with the children's eyewear, and now they come in and. And they want a pair of glasses. And so they now realize and we emphasize that it's eyewear. It isn't just a pair of glasses. It's eyewear. And uh-huh. and sometimes they cry if they can't have them. Oh. <laughs> so that's, that's really oh, neat. That's, another... Oh, it's been a wonderful uh, facet of this. Uh, I'm glad you story. brought up children. Let's go into children then first uh, with our, um, for our listeners to hear. Uh, Coming along uh, the optician uh, as an optician, and you've seen a lot of changes in the attitude and the thinking of people wanting to join to choose their eyewear and getting very fashion conscious, vain, and and even probably buying glasses that maybe they didn't really have to have, but wanted to have glasses for certain fashionable reasons. Is that possible? Oh yes, <laughs> Sharon. I can remember this uh, well dressed young lady. Um, she was um, she had everything going for her, but she was going to a meeting, and to finish, to portray what she wanted in, in making her little speech, whatever wherever she was going, she thought she needed a pair, uh, she needed eyewear. So she came into the office and she said, "Marge, I, to match this suit, I need a pair of glasses." And um, so, and, and of course, by then we were saying eyewear, not glasses. And I said, well, at least let's check and see if you need a prescription. It, you know, you may need something in, in these lenses before I ground, ground them as what we call Plano with no prescription in there. So we did do that, and, and sure enough, she needed nothing as far near or, or distance or whatever. But she bought this statement that she wanted to make <laughs> to put on her face, you know, and she looked beautiful. Uh-huh. And so this is done, yes. But and, and children now, children are probably doing that more than ever in history. They want to choose their their uh, fashion statement and for the world to look at them. Tell us more about children and uh, what you were learning about not only eyewear but the family coming in and uh, the prescription for the the children of the family. How serious is that? Well, it's it is very important for parents to take notice uh, from very early uh, life with, with the children, and especially after they start walking, to see if they're bumping into to objects. Um, and, and if you're out driving, to ask them how a tree looks or a bird on the post or just to check and see if they are seeing the way you think they should be seeing. And uh, then if not, if you aren't sure, it's always good to, to take them in. Marge, could we back age. up for a second on that one? I'm glad you said something there. So when a family has a, a young one in the home, uh, we have a tendency to look at, take care of the teeth and make sure they brush their teeth and bathe or shower and have the clean clothes and go to bed right and so on. But you're saying that families should take notice of also their vision, eyesight health, and what are some of the the methods you think they should they should be trying to notice? Oh well, as I said, uh, sometimes a child will be maybe 
bumping into objects, into a chair or whatever, and you think that they are just um, not paying attention. And and you you don't want to, and you were saying, you know, can't you do this or whatever we may say to the child because they're always uh, breaking something, running this. You should really take notice, and, and if this is happening very often, you should take them in to have them checked. Also, and that is one type of uh, need for glasses for a certain focal length. And then um, the other, as I was saying, for distance, because then that would, if they were not seeing this bird where they should, on the trees, the um, veins in the leaves and so on, they probably are nearsighted or myopic. And so as, Uh and this, if they start when they're quite young like this, and this normally progresses. What do you believe has come transpired through the years with your 40 years of experience? Are people getting their children to the eye doctor quicker than normal, or is it almost identically the same? They're almost forgetting that. No, I think they're getting better, Sharon. Getting better. For one thing, uh, schools are, are, you know, a long time ago, they, they started with the eye charts. Now, is that the Kiwanis Club that sponsors that? I actually am not sure now, but I believe they do. Yeah, one of the organizations puts a lot of energy into the philanthropic concerns of children's uh, health. Um, And one of them out there, I think it's the Kiwanis, and I'll have to, I hope my audience will correct me if I'm wrong, Uh that uh, puts a lot of philanthropic. donation to making sure that all children's eyes are checked every year in school. But that would take care of probably the reading, and, and but maybe they're not noticing as quickly that they really are seeing the blackboard. Uh, and like you said, there could be some signs there that nobody noticed because they just happened to pass the eye test. Right. Right? Right. And so they may pass the eye test for distance, but I think all through... Uh, as as a child is growing up, I, I think that those things are just important, very important to notice. And I and you know we do about all facets of our of our child developing, but we want to be sure that the eyes are developing as as they should be. When a person comes in with a child, and the child is acting kind of nervous, and the family's kind of running a rush. What does the optician do to give them a chance to relax and slow down and make sure they're getting the proper, taking the proper time to get the proper advice and care and treatment they need from you? Have you found that people are always in too big of a hurry? Well, for one thing, well, we certainly try not to be, but I'm sure. I don't, I don't mean you. The, I mean the family. Yes, I'm, I'm sure that the family may, may. Oh, yeah. Well, the family, you know, we're a busy world, aren't we? Yeah. And, and so sometimes, sometimes, the family is a little rushing for the child, as, as I think you're indicating. But oftentimes, it's just one parent may bring the child in and. And there, I find them to be uh, very attentive, and, it, and it's the child that you need to relax. Well, yeah, I guess you need to relax the parent also, but you need to uh, try to get into the child's level of thinking and, and yeah. talk with the yeah. child on their level and make mm-hmm. them feel comfortable. Make them and feel then like you'll they find are the parents the relaxing. Mm-hmm. Then you will find the parents relaxing when you have relaxed their child, and each child is 
so different. There, you know, we're all an individual, but I usually can start asking them questions that I think is is uh, their daily life, you know, and, and on their level, and it's it's just fun. It's really fun to make. Have you noticed that more children are wearing glasses? Yes. Today oh. than right the past because forty years, are there more more people wearing children than ever in the past? Well, I can't. Um, I, I only only because I don't, I don't think there are more diseases of the eye than probably in the past. But I think there's more an awareness, and um, uh, more parents probably are are bringing their children in than maybe they used to. They didn't know to notice these things years ago, like when I first started into optionary. They uh, are have been made more aware, and also. From from 40 years ago, 43 years ago, Sharon, we've seen these people grow up that I may have had as a child in, and then they have become parents, and they're bringing their their children in because they were made aware, you know, many years ago, and the school has helped uh, an awful lot in that. In Mark, that I want to ask you, uh, and we'll take a break in a moment. Uh, and I'll be right back with that. But I want to ask you before we go so people can think. Um, when people Can people make an appointment with an optician without having an appointment with uh, one of the MDs? Not usually. But you, uh, if you want to wa- uh, work along that line, uh, you, you might find a, a empty part of your day or a less busy part of your day and ask them to come in, you know, at that time. And then I try to always give them some, some room, put them in an area that uh, that the child can can try on frames, even if I have to be busy with some other people. Maybe oh, you can do that without the prescription, or does an optician have to wait for the prescription? I can do that, mm-hmm. but it's always best to have... I, oh, I could do those. Oh, we things know that, time. but, but I was always best. I'm going to take a break for a moment, and we'll be right back. Okay, because this is exciting. People are learning uh, how important the optician is, and we're learning how to slow down when we get the prescription to the optician and to make it a very serious decision uh, how to work with you. I'll be right back, Marge. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The Power of Water. Uh, today we have Marge Winger with us, who's an optician, and we're learning a lot about the importance of the, of the technical side of the training of an optician and working with you. Uh, uh, when the doctor gives you the prescription, it's the optician who uh, is then taking that prescription and giving you the 
the proper glasses and uh, eyewear that are so important to you for your health, and you must ask questions and be sure that you are letting the optician know that if they're fitting correctly, if you see if the prescription is working uh, for you, because there could be something in there that maybe is missing that you're noticing that you need to ask questions about. For our listeners today, uh, I would like to recommend and invite you to call 866-613-1612 to ask questions uh, or email SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. Marge, um, I wanted to ask you, um, with the uh, older people to me, uh, there's got to be a very critical uh, decision there, too. They have to slow down and take the time to be adequately, uh, get the right perfect eyewear because many people are driving and uh, walking up and down stairs and they're wearing bifocals and all the different choices of lenses. Could you address to uh, speak to the, our audience? There may be people out there that are older some uh, little secrets that they need to understand once the doctor has given them their prescription and how they work with the optician? Yes, Sharon. One of the important things that they should think about before they come in is how, what are they doing? How do they want to, to use this pair of glasses that they're coming in to ask us to fit for them? You know, they maybe need something just for reading, or it, sometimes it's, we're in bed quite a bit. Maybe we, we need to rest a lot during the day, and we like to watch TV. We can't sleep all those times. So maybe they just need a single pair of, of glasses uh, for distance from their bed to their television. Computers, they play piano, or they uh, play the organ, and we whether they watch a director while they're playing. There are all these things that they need to to take a measurement from wherever they are sitting or lying to look at the object, whether it's sheet music or whether it's the TV, and tell us what distance that they are comfortable sitting from this particular thing that they want to see. And you're right, they they can get uh, one of varied types of lenses the progressive lenses, which gives you about seven different focal lengths. Let's let's explain that one for a moment. Uh, that's a fairly new one. Well, progressive lenses. Now, progressive what's the difference between the progressive lens and the bifocal? Progressive lenses, Sharon, has been on the market for uh, many years. Oh. But they have just become very popular, and where and they have they have become uh, very talented in the way they grind. In the last uh, 10 to 15 years where we have many people in progressive lenses. And that... Marge, just for a second now, um, they're called progressive lenses. Right. Even though they've been around a long time, but people are getting more familiar with them. And would you explain that lens again so our audience really understands what a progressive lens is? A progressive lens has the distance for infinity... You know, where you can see in the distance at the top. You can see in the distance at the top. Right. And then about the center of the pupil or wherever an optician starts measuring uh, on this patient, depending on how they stand, uh, what they want to see. 
but we start measuring where then to start progressively grinding that power for reading. Okay, so the, the, so the more, at the top more than a trifocal, Sharon. It gives you, when they grind down through there, okay. they tell us we have about seven different focal lengths. Okay. From the top to the bottom of the lens. Right, from the right. top so to the bottom the of the lens. the top of the lens, Marge, there's, uh, there's uh, a prescription right. for the top. Right. Then it progresses down to the bottom of the lens with another prescription, right? Right. Okay. Actually, and it can be just a plano on top. You know, okay. maybe you, you don't need anything for distance. Okay. And then it progressively, and that and gives you an intermediate. So there is a prescription in, in the center, uh, but it's, it progressively, progressively grinds down to what you need for your close work. Okay, so an individual can get a progressive lens that at the top is not even a prescription. Right. But coming halfway down, there is a prescription. Correct. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Correct. So there, there are so many choices. Uh, they can go to the bifocal, which is just uh, two. And it doesn't have to be, as, as so many people think, Sharon, they think, oh, that's got to be distance and that's got to be for, for close work. It doesn't have to be that. You may want something for the computer, and you. So this may the top part may be strictly for com, the focal length of a uh, computer for seeing the the screen. And now, does the doctor may, recommend the progressive lens for uh, older people? I, I, I we do that. Yes, we do that quite often. Okay. Yes, there are a lot of older people. Who are wearing a progressive lens and, and like it quite well. Okay. And, and you have to you have to determine you know this person as you are questioning them. And an optician must be a good listener, and and you must watch your patient. It, there's just so much in in finding out what their needs are. What That's have you been so finding out as an optician? Um, uh, with all walks of life, about uh, what is happening with the computer. Uh, how many people are home? Oh. Yeah, well, what are you finding in, uh, as an optician, the complaints of individuals coming to the doctor and wanting glasses or something to solve uh, using the computer all day long? Oh, we, well, we have a lot. Uh, the percentage is growing all the time of people who are getting tired of their neck hurting, trying to bring their, their bifocal up, you know, to see the computer and or position their, their head just right if they're wearing progressives to, to get to see the screen. Uh, so we have more and more people who are, who are wanting a pair of computer glasses. And, and, Sharon, that can be one of two ways. You can have a single vision just to see, uh, measure like from your eye to just the screen. And... You can also have the bifocal, which would give you the screen and then for near. It depends on what you're doing. You know, now, would you explain, copy. March, for a mm-hmm. second, so we, I, I won't forget this. Explain what a computer uh, eyewear is to our listeners. Okay. Computer eyewear, as I said, can be just single vision, just to take care of the focal length from your eye to the computer screen. That's all some people want. They also can have a bifocal that would give them that at the top, and then they would have a closer reading at the bottom. But 
But this is one thing I do, Sharon, when they come in and, and they want this. I, I like, hopefully, they, they bring me in uh, the measurement from their eye to the computer screen and from how they sit at their computer because everybody has their computers, you know, a different uh, different focal lengths, you know, different lengths away from them. That is, let's stop there for a second again. So you're recommending anyone who sits at a computer and they've even gone to the doctor and they've had their com- uh, complaints about discomfort, and the doctor says, this is what I'm suggesting you do. You get a, a computer eyewear, but you must come with the distance measure that you, the, way, the measurement of you, the distance between you sitting in front of your own computer. That's always the best. I, uh, I, like... I bet a lot of people don't know that. Possibly. I bet they don't. I'm, I'm sure I they... think that's something uh, that that's what I was anxious and excited about you educating today is because what we're trying to do is get an individual's understanding that when you've gone to the doctor and you've gotten the prescription and the report from the doctor and he sent you to the optician, how do we go to the optician? What what's on our list of questions with the optician? Um, what is the concerns that we would have, and what do we need to learn from the optician to prepare for that meeting? Right. You you decide how you're going to use that pair of glasses, whether it's music glasses. One time I had this lady come in years ago, and and she was a concert pianist. She was wearing trifocal, Sharon. And I said, well, Yes, we have the prescription to fill your your trifocal, but now where are your music glasses? And she looked at me, a very well-dressed lady. She could afford whatever, but no optician had ever told her that she needed music glasses. She had strained looking through that middle part at her music all those years. Oh, my gosh. And so I asked her to go home and measure and then she came back, and I made her uh, the music glasses that we, I don't, I can't remember now if I made single vision or if I just, uh-huh. or I probably did because she certainly didn't need to look at the keyboard. She she was so good. And then she came back after having worn the new music glasses for several days, and she says, Marge, you don't know what you have done for me. My goodness gracious. <laughs> That's what I could well, you imagine. know, Marge, you just opened up something for me to think about and a lot of the listeners. What if your job every day is in um, make manufacturing? Oh, it's, it's, usually it's always the same. It's, You're doing the same thing. Yes. Uh, what if your job every day is a truck driver? Right. What if your job every day is uh, a, 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 a chef or a cook? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, wouldn't that cause... Uh, an anxiety because you're you're probably not getting the the best of your productivity because of the stress caused because your eyes get tired and, and strained. Yeah, that's a good word. Um, anxiety is exactly what it causes in a, for a patient when they aren't seeing properly. And if you take care of that, if their vision is is good, and and then they have made comfort throughout their body because because they're seeing properly without such a strain on their neck or their back or, or whatever that was happening to them. And, and uh, you know, this lady could, could practice for an extra hour per day because she did not, did not put this strain on, on the vertebrae in the top part of the, the back. That is, the you just opened up some other education there that I bet a lot of people have not thought of that 
with the eyes and the vision because that's our life. Without our vision, the health of our vision, and we're all learning more about uh, what is happening with the dry eye and and uh, what is happening with the different diseases we're getting uh, with allergies and macular degeneration and more. Mm-hmm. You've just said to our audience something that a lot, a lot of people uh, would think about once but maybe never think about twice, that your vision, if you're not taking care of your vision and getting to the doctor in time, this could put a whole strain on your anxiety, your attitude, oh, yeah. your productivity during the day. You're, you're enjoying your life. Very much so. And wouldn't that cause you to be more, uh, let's say, sleepy, uh, drowsy, tired? Oh, right, because, yes, it definitely it, would ca- it causes your body to tire. And would we be possible, and of course I'm just evaluating coming from where I come from, but also another uh, symptom would be, uh, would be be more prone to possibly, and it's just an evaluation thought, of allergies because we're on this strain and we're trying, uh, we're not getting to the doctors quick enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something to recommend to our audience too. Don't put that off because what we're learning from March today is that uh, it is so important that your vision be taken so serious that when you've come to your doctor, take a list to the doctor of some of the concerns you've had and, and complaints. Then when, he, when the doctor has decided that you do need a prescription and you go to your uh, optician, be serious. Don't be in a rush. Let the optician do what's best for you and uh, your productivity, your health, uh, and your concerns. If you're healthy, your eyes are healthy. And, of course, Marge, I'll always say for everybody to drink a lot of water. Right, and, I believe uh, that to make sure that uh, they're using Nature's Tears Eye Mist uh, for the daily activities for because the air is dry and it's uh, very safe and convenient to mm-hmm. use. But mm-hmm. have you ever uh, recommended to any patients Nature's Tears Eye Mist, Marge? Oh yes, uh, and for one thing, uh, Sharon, I, I have never experienced um, dry eyes for about once or twice in my life, and that was just a few months ago. But I realize that. And I have it. We have it at home all the time. And if I am peeling onions or whatever, honestly, that's the thing I grab is is, is the uh, nature's tears because that will relieve my eyes uh, just instantly from that. And then also, uh, the, back to the question that you asked, there was a lady on the coast who called in, and she had just gotten, and she was an, an older lady, and she just gotten her glasses and and they were just doing very very well but she called and she says i can't read so we told her to lubricate and and with nature's tears and and she called us back in about a week and she said you know it works so dry eyes uh are particularly uh, a problem with older people and sometimes if you're I, if your glasses have been really uh, doing really well the lenses that's in your eyewear and then you suddenly have this problem. I think trying uh, uh, the moisture and with, uh, spraying with nature's tears might very well be the first thing that you would do to see if it is dry eyes. I had an ophthalmologist recently mention the fact that he had a truck driver come in, and the truck driver who's been driving truck for years, and he'd been using the eye drops the way he should, but the truck driver said to the doctor, that nature's tears I missed was the thing he used it all day long because then he could provide the moisture level replacement as he's driving and he found himself not getting as tired and being more, uh, in other words, it's more soothing and convenient to use uh, 
Well, also, it doesn't blur your, your eyes. Uh, so uh, some other things that, that are drops, you know, you have a blurry vision for a while. Uh-huh. So, And with the nature's tears, you don't have, or I don't have, and I haven't heard anybody else to complain with that. Yeah. I'm going to take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll kind of go through everything we've learned today. Uh, and uh, we'll, then we'll have Art Bernstein, who comes on at the end of the show giving us Uh, the power of water and he will be talking today about religious rituals but Marge don't go away I'm going to go right back come right back we're going to have a commercial and uh, I will be right back okay Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen, the world is talking. World Talk Radio. I appreciate uh, being here today again with everyone and uh, our listeners. And we have Marge Winger, who's an optician. And Marge, there's another subject that I would like for our listeners to hear more about is sports and exercise is so common today uh, and becoming more so always because we're very exercise conscious and sports are so popular. And um, what do, do you have any recommendations for anybody who's in sports? How do they take care of their eyes? And they'll say they do wear glasses. Are there any uh, hints there for them to learn how to take better care of their eyes or what their eyewear they should be wearing? By all means, Sharon, uh, there is... Um I would say they should never wear glass lenses, if at all possible, because if you if you get the the uh, thickness and, and the strength in a glass lens, and they, that causes them to be so heavy. So there's uh, definitely go plastic lenses, and then there's there are the sports uh, goggles or eyewear that is more protective. So if you are hit with a ball or, or so on, whatever it might be. Um, then, then it uh, is your face is more protected with this special kind of eyewear. Mm-hmm. Um, now uh, I don't know if you fit the contact lenses, but you may have some familiarity with some thought here on if the person is wearing not going to wear glasses and they're going to wear contacts. Is there a safer contact to wear during sports events and exercise? Uh, what they usually recommend then is to get, you'll wear your contacts, but then you will, uh, if that's what you prefer doing. But but I think you should wear a, a goggle, you know, a sports goggle over this. With Rather that, than wearing contacts? That just has no, no correction in the lens there. But then that protects the dust from going in and getting under that contact. And uh, because out on the ball fields, you know, those the uh, especially with the kids playing in different places that may be a little dusty or sandy, and it that helps prevent some of that blowing into the eye and getting under the contact. 
Now, uh, when the uh, individual family brings in, in, uh, one of their children in because they are in sports, uh, what are some of the things they should put on their list to ask the optician when they're coming in? Do you have any recommendations? Because sometimes people walk in, what can I do about this? Right. Uh, are there some different things they should come in on a list? Is there any idea? So, so we're talking about children now. Yes, children. And young people. Sports, yeah. And, sport. and, and families, so the they, parents they want will to take them in and ask be, them questions. They will just be interested, of course, in, in the single vision. So so it isn't, um, so therefore they don't have to do the measurements, like how far an object, you know, they're wanting mm-hmm. to see infinity right. anyway. So I, I I believe that um, that the main thing is to well we have to know what they're doing what kind of sport it is but but the main thing is to get the correct goggle possibly to fit over even if they don't wear uh, contacts or gla- they have no need for uh, a correction for vision uh, that is a protection for the eye. Uh-huh. So that you're recommending that if, even if you don't wear glasses, that you should always have a protection of the eyes. That That is not a bad way to go. I, I know that, that so often they don't, but it, it is some protection there. Uh-huh. Well, I thank you very much for being with us. Uh, I, we've learned a lot. Uh, okay. We've learned about progressive eyeglasses. We've learned when we see the doctor how... We, when we come to see the optician and what the role of the optician is for all members of the family. Um, Marge, 40 years of being an optician, and when you said at the beginning of the show, this gentleman walked in surprised that you were a woman, I'd like to close with this. Uh, so most of the opticians in those days were men? Oh, yes, yes. Ah, been an exciting I didn't know that. career for me. <laughs> yes, really, it, it has been, and... Uh, I guess uh, more importantly that, um, you know, we have fashion and, and beautiful frames now to choose from, but, but more importantly it's the children uh, now want glasses instead of going, and, and, which we say I wear, and, and uh, they don't have to go away crying. They're just so thrilled, and that's one of the important big steps there, there has been. Um, uh, Marge, we have a caller, a couple of callers. Let's let's listen to the callers before you go. Okay. We'll ask for uh, Annette first. Annette, are you there? Yes, thank you. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Um, I was curious, listening to your uh, your guest, uh, what role dehydration would play on children's eyesight, seeing that they aren't really, most children aren't real keen on drinking water. Marge, what do you think? I, I am not hearing her very well. Okay. Uh, Annette was asking about uh, what the role of dehydration has with eyesight and with children, and especially children are not drinking very much water. Well, I think that has to do with the whole body, not just the eyesight. I, I just I think it's uh, necessary for uh, uh, for the better functioning of, of the body. And, and, of course, that uh, the eyesight comes right in there, too. Comes right with it. Uh, yes, Annette, what it is is that the body is made up of tr- 50 trillion cells. Each cell is made up of water and oxygen, lubrication, detoxification. And the eyes, uh, because the eyelid opens and that eye organ is exposed to the world when the eyelid closes, it is then being re-lubricated and moisturized and shut off by the world. And 
and children need we need as families to educate our children more about the health of their eyes. Now, drinking water to lubricate was uh, the, the Earth's method of all life on Earth, uh, everything there is on Earth, to drink water. It has to be, and, and it would lubricate the eye. Tears, now, tears to, come from, from our lubrication. Tears come from our body. Exactly, and so it comes from a lubrication of oxygen, lubrication, moisture, and, and from the outside of our body, the fascination in my research is there's moisture in the air that has to be there. The healthy earth is moisture in the air that has to be there to absorb into the body, for the eyes to absorb, your skin to absorb. If it's not there enough, which is they're finding now, it's not enough indoors, it's not enough outside because of the gas vapor, we're not getting enough moisture to lubricate from the air, that that moisture we don't see. Water to drink should be stressed more than ever in history. Uh, It's always been stressed. It has always been important. The one interesting factor, Annette, that I was always so surprised, and Marge, you might not know this, the nutrition pyramid chart that talks so uh, uh, how important it is for your nutrients every day, and Mm -hmm. that chart, they don't have one glass of water on it, and I know there's uh, (laughs) the uh, the reasons they may have forgotten it, but I think water is at the top. And children should be the bottled water that we're drinking now to carry around. Yes. That is so exciting. It is. Uh, I know families who keep a case around, and children can literally go pick up a bottle, go to school, and they're, they're, uh, they're really on top of that now, more than right. ever in history, thanks to yes. those bottled water companies. Making I think available. so, too. Annette, do you have any more questions? Okay, I thank you. Uh, is Art there? I'm sorry, Art, if I took too much time. Is Art there? Yeah. Art, do you have a question? No. Okay, Art is coming on next. Okay. And uh, Marge, uh, I'm going to be introducing Art on our Power of Water. I thank you for being with us today. Yes, it's my pleasure, Sharon. And I hope I can have you again sometime because what will be happening is a lot of our audience listeners will have questions. And I, can I have you back sometime? We'll we'll try to do that. Yes. Thank you. You have a nice day. Well, thank you for having me. It was fun. I really appreciated having you on. Thank you. Bye-bye. Art? I'm here. Okay. Art, uh, this is the power of water part time that I've always been so excited about. Every, uh, we need to have our listeners understand, uh, know who you are. Art has a degree in anthropology and in forestry. He has written many hiking books. He's from Oregon, and he's doing each week our Power of Water segment. What draws people to water? Uh, One week we discussed the Crater Lake. Last week we discussed hot springs, and the fascination with the hot springs is where we found that that's where the most volcanic activity is, where you find the hot springs. Today we decided to let Art discuss the religious ritual of baths. Uh, the around the world and the differences and, and the periods and where the, that came from. Art, uh, religions that practice ritual immersion, uh, tell me more about this that you learned to teach our listeners today. Well, I'd say that most of them do, uh, beginning with the uh, ancient Aztecs and the Egyptians who bathed in the Nile. Um, the Native Americans have their bathing rituals and their sweat lodge rituals and... Uh, the Hindus bathe in the Ganges. The pagans and Wiccans have all sorts of uh, bathing rituals. But the most interesting uh, 
that, that most people have heard of is the Jewish ritual of the mikvah, which uh, Christians refer to as baptism. And this involves uh, bathing for, for purification. Uh, mm-hmm. How many, how long ago do you believe, that, what did you learn in your research there, that they started the uh, religious ritual bath? I would say as long as uh, there's been religion and people have been thinking about the world around them. And, so and they found what, what I'm, what I'm uh, trying to educate of, uh, of water to their life. Yeah, water became the primary life to right. earth, to so the they, ritual. They saw that the there bath. was a life force in water okay. yeah. to purify them and, and make them more healthy. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, they, is it because they found that it was the, in, in the old world, they didn't have the medications today, so they found that, that the water was the most important part of every, all of their life. Sure, and there's still nothing better than a bath for mm-hmm. spirituality and for, uh, for health. Um, what is the, what do you believe is the, uh, is the particular symbolism of the differences between them? Can we fascinate our audience with some of them throughout the world that you found so different? Actually, they're, they're more similar than different. Uh, they're all similar. They all involve purification. They all involve soaking in water. Now, isn't that a fascination? They're all similar. Yeah, uh-huh. I would say so. So they found the power and the life of water to be... Um, what they all believed in their religious beliefs that 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 is earth and that's uh... yeah the Jews uh, believe that the earth defiles you uh, mm-hmm. as you go about your daily business and in order to pray in the holy temple you had to take a ritual bath and purify yourself. Well, I thank and you, Art, for joining us. To, uh, to the rite of baptism, uh-huh. practice. Well, thank you for joining us. I'm afraid I have to go. And I will talk with you next week, Art. And you have you decided? We'll decide what the power of water that brings people to water, whether it be the river, the stream. Uh, we want to remind everybody that the power of water is your life. And uh, we also suggest that if you're interested in our credits of education, to be sure to uh, email me at Sharon at BiologicAqua.com or. Sharon Kleiner at Yahoo, uh, our at yahoo.com. There is also a website at www.rxschool.com if you want to get credits of education on uh, Nature Sears iMist, which is our sponsor. We want to concern uh, individuals about Save a Child's Life Foundation uh, uh, and, and the education there about recognizing melanoma in time in children. I appreciate you spending time with me today. And we will see you next time. Thank you.